0: are continuing our Sandal Summer series, and uh, I don't have time to get you uh, all caught up on everything that we've talked about, but I will tell you, tell you that last week we talked about the place that uh, the devil belongs, and uh, just to get you caught up on what we talked about, that's where he belongs, right there, at the bottom of your feet. And I know it's not a sandal right here, but I'm going to tell you, the devil is in the appropriate spot. And uh, if you missed the sermon, you're going to want to catch it online. Again, we talked about that the God of peace will crush Satan under our feet shortly. And it's going to be sure, it's going to be guaranteed. God wants to do victory in your life. And I have absolutely loved this series and what it's caused us to do, what it's caused us to pay attention to and really step into. And uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to me to Joshua chapter one. We're going to jump right into this one, and we're going to look at a very uh, specific scripture within this story. And I want you to grab hold of this. So in Joshua chapter 1, I'm going to read verses 1 through 6. It says this. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. This is the key verse I want you to pay attention to. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. want to read that key verse again, verse three, Point out verse three. "I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses." We've been looking in this series at scriptures that deal with feet, that deal with sandals, holy ground, and all these different things, but I love this one where it says, "I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses." And as I was looking at this promise, this is a promise that God made to Moses, God made to Abraham before Moses, and now he makes it to Joshua. As I looked it up in the text and I studied in the Hebrew, I was shocked to find this out, believe it or not, that the phrase, every place you set your foot, the Hebrew word for that is Pokemon Go. I was shocked. I, was, I couldn't believe it. It's amazing. It's right there. How did we miss it all these years? Oh, that craze is going everywhere. They're walking everywhere, and I couldn't help but think about it. God's like, everywhere you go, I'm giving you that land. And it's like right now, everywhere they go, they want to find the Pokemon. And uh, it's interesting, with all the Pokemon Go walking around and all the things that are going on, we had it planned for this week right now for you to go on a prayer walk. And at all of our campuses, we have a, a little sandal summer prayer walk. And each campus, it has a hashtag for you to go out and to go do a prayer rock, We tell you how to do it and uh, to go into your community. Here's what we want you to do. We want you to go out and just take a walk in your community and pray. Now, the cool thing is everyone's walking around your community right now. Prior to Pokemon Go, you would have stood out as the crazy Christian walking around, right? Now you're going to be just like normal. So I would just advise to you, it's not on your card, but I would just advise you just walk around with your iPhone in front of you and just walk around and go, I got one. I got one. And, and, and it'll be, you know, you can just be claiming the promises of God. You can be praying for people. I right, claim it, you know. I mean, and you'll just be, power up, you know, I'm just saying. So you'll, you'll do it, you know. And so we want you to go out there, do the prayer walk, hashtag, use social media, and get out there and uh, do that. But this promise, this promise goes back to Genesis 12, and I won't read all the promises, but God gives the promise to Abraham. He gives it to him again in Genesis 17. He gives the promise to Moses. He gives the promise to Joshua. He's talking about a territory, a land, and a promise for them to grab hold of. He's saying, I've given you this place. I want you to grab hold of it. And I want you to really remember that. He's saying, I want you to grab hold of the things that I promise you. And so as we look at Genesis 17, God is giving the promise again to Abram. And he changes his name to Abraham. I want to read it. He says, no longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. God's promising Abraham. He's saying, I'm changing your name. You're going to be Abraham, father of many. You are going to have this land. You are going to spread out. Everywhere you look, I'm giving to you. He says to Joshua, everywhere you walk, I'm giving you. And it was a promise from God that he wanted his people to act on. And when God gives us promises today, he's saying, I want you to act on my promise. I want you to do it. Now you got to understand, Abraham was a foreigner who is from the land of Ur which is really on the border of Iraq and Iran and God says I want you to follow me and I'm taking you to a different place so he takes them around up by Turkey down through modern-day Syria down into what is known as Israel and he says I'm giving you this land I'm giving you this as a promise you're now a foreigner look around everything you see I'm giving this to you you got to understand this would blow his mind if you put some humanity on it where we live right now, that's like a, a migrant worker being in America and God speaks to them by the power of the Holy Spirit and says, every field you see around here, you will own someday. Lord, I'm, I'm picking fruit right now. Everything you see, you will own. You can imagine how that would overwhelm you. It's like a migrant worker working in, in, in a in the White House and cleaning the White House and being in the cleaning crew, a custodial worker, and God saying, someday you'll be president of this country. They're like, are you serious? This is gonna happen. That's how big the promise was to Abraham. He's like, wow, this is absolutely incredible what God wants to give me. There's success with this. There's territory. There's all this saying, follow me, obey me. I wanna give you this. And it's an absolutely incredible thing. So he gives it to Abraham 400 years go by, they're in captivity. The Israelites, God sets them free out of captivity. Moses is now getting ready to lead them into this promise, but they're disobedient, so they can't enter the promise. Now it's Joshua's turn, and God's like, all right, come on, I've, I've been promising this land, and I want somebody to get this land. I want somebody to grab this promise, and it's you, Joshua. You're gonna be the one to grab this promise and get into the land. That's my calling on you. And so Joshua's like, let's go, let's go take the land. And the the sad thing about it is they finally get to the land that God wants to give them. And the Bible tells us that through many chapters of the Bible, it tells us they didn't take all the land. They didn't take, they took some of it. They took some of the promise and some is better than nothing. But God's like, I've given you, he gave them borders. He's like, from here to here to here. And he's like, take it all. And they're like, well, we'll just take a little. And they settled. I'll tell you this, when it comes to the promises of God, take all you can get. Don't settle, don't settle. But they settled. And it's interesting, Joshua's challenging them. In chapter three, chapter 23, he's like, come on, come on, take this. In, in chapter 18, he actually rebukes them. It says, so Joshua said to the Israelites, how long will you wait before you begin to take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you? He's like, guys, he wants to give it to you. I'm leading the way, I'm taking territory, and you are not taking territory. Let's go, let's get in there. And I believe Joshua is saying, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? And I believe this is the title of the message right now. What are you waiting for? River Valley, what are you waiting for? of Jesus Christ, what are you waiting for? God has all sorts of promises for you. He has all sorts of blessings for you. He has all sorts of assurances for you. And so many of us just stay put. We might grab one and then stay put. You might say, well, I'm going to get saved. I finally got saved. And God's like, that is awesome. You're now, you grabbed that promise of salvation. You confessed your sin. You called upon the name of the Lord and you're saved. There's more. There's blessings for you. There's promises for you. And we just stay there, right there. And he's like, there's so much more. What are you waiting for? Let's learn from these guys that there are promises, there are things for us to grab. And I believe God has so much for the followers of Jesus Christ. He has so much for us. Now, this specific promise was made to Joshua and Moses and Abraham it was for a land and it was for a territory. Okay? And there are specific promises that are in the Word of God for a specific person, and it applied just to them. But there are conditional promises in the Word of God that are if, then. If you do this, then I'll do this. There are promises that still apply to us today. And there are promises in the Word of God that are unconditional that are unconditional. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, it's unconditional that you've been made more than a conqueror. You may not grab that promise, but that's unconditional. You are more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And a lot of people walk around defeated, and they're like, well, I don't, I don't, you know? And he's like, no, you're more than a conqueror. Grab the promise. And there's so many different things there, but there are just specific ones. There's conditional, and then there's unconditional. They're just there. And I believe that there are promises for the follower of Jesus Christ to grab hold of. You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You're a child of God. You are righteous. You're a new creation. The old has gone away and the new has come. I mean, more than a conqueror. Do you understand? There's all these things. And many times we're just like, well, I'm just going to, I'm so glad I'm saved. And I praise God that you're saved if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And if you're not saved, you should give your life to Jesus at the end of the service. There'll be prayer teams at all of our campuses. But if you're saved, keep grabbing more promises. Keep stepping into the authority that God has given you. Grab hold of all that God has for you. So many people stop. God will supply all your needs. He will take care of you. And someone says, "Oh, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I'm not, how am I ever going to make it." And God's like, "I'll supply your needs. I'll take care of you." And there's so many things that are there. You're like, God cares for you. That's a promise that God cares for you. Grab hold of these. And I believe this, that many times when you read through the word of God, all of a sudden it it quickens to you. And how many know what I'm talking about? You're reading and all of a sudden you, you get it. It's like you never thought of it. You never felt it. But all of a sudden you read that passage and all of a sudden you're like, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And you're like, He's taking care of me. And then at that moment, you're no longer living in fear of, is there going to be enough? All of a sudden, you've grabbed the promise, and he quickens it to you, and he does it over and over again. He does it over and over again with unconditional promises. And here's another thing. Sometimes he even takes promises that were for other people, and we understand that they were for other people, and all of a sudden you're reading that story, and God gives you a fresh promise based off of that story. I'm just, I'm just telling you how he works sometimes. You know, you're sitting there reading it, and um, you, maybe you want a child, and, and you haven't been able to conceive, and all of a sudden you read about Samuel being born, that he was a promise, and, and you're like, oh, Lord. And all of a sudden he goes, you're going to have a child. And you're like... And, and and there's a promise that jumps off of an old promise. He gives you a fresh promise, but it jumps off of it. All right. I'm just God is a God that wants to give you promises, wants to give you victory, wants to give you these assurances. And so many times we don't just settle for so little, for so so little. And now He quickens these promises into us again. Many of them we just grab hold of. We don't have, You're more than a conqueror. Okay. But He quickens these things to us. And one of the promises is by his stripes we're healed, okay? And we believe that our healing was paid for on the cross. It is in heaven. It is sealed and guaranteed. Everyone will be healed in heaven. We believe that we can pray for what was put on the cross that is in heaven to come into our now. We believe that. And so we call that a miracle when it jumps into our now. And so we pray and we ask for that. Sometimes those miracles are quickened with healing. And I'll give you an example. Um, Jason and Shannon Kerr are in our church at our Apple Valley campus. Shannon was in a horrific car accident with some of her children, was in a coma, and the doctors were saying it was dire. We were praying and believing. We knew that God could heal her. We knew that we could pray in faith believing, and we knew that if she was to die, she would be healed in heaven, but we were asking God to move it into our now, into her now, okay? And so we were all believing and we were doing the CD recording for our church. And it was the song, I Am Healed. And Jason had taken a break from the bedside vigil there with his wife at the hospital to come to the recording. He said, I just need to be in the presence of God. And while he was there, the Holy Spirit quickened to him and said, that promise is yours. She will walk out of that hospital. Now he's praising God worshiping God and feels that he, it was like he was floating when he was at the worship night. He goes back to the hospital And the doctors say, hey, we want to talk to you about filling out an organ donation uh, slip. And he goes, she's walking out of this hospital. And they're like, okay, um, maybe, Um, okay. And he's like, no, I had it quickened she's healed. I'm just telling you, I know what I know. The Holy Spirit told me she's healed. And, and they, were, they walked away, and I'm sure they were like this, uh, what floor is the psych ward? I'm sure, is that level three, level three? Get them on floor three. How many, how many know? Okay. And he said, no, we're not filling out that form. It was quickened. It was a promise. And he said, I'm standing on that one. And next thing you know, she comes out of the coma. She starts learning again, and she walked out of that hospital. I'll tell you that she's out at home right now, and they're part of the prayer teams at Apple Valley, praying for people. I'm just telling you that people can grab the promises of God. I, I-, I tell you, we can grab them. We understand that the promise of God is that we are healed in Jesus' name. We understand that if they don't always jump from there to here. We don't know why. They don't jump there. That's why we call it a miracle, but we know we can pray for them. We can ask for them. We know that they're there. They're paid for on the cross, and so we keep believing. But let me take it to something very, very practical. I remember a guy that was in one of my life groups. His name was Philip. Very shy, very shy. Didn't think that he could do anything um, for the Lord, just kind of attend. And then he heard that he was created for good works, that God had already planned for him to do good works. And he, he, he just realized that promise, like God has created me for good works. There's something that I can do. And he said, what can I do? He signed up to be an usher. He's like, I can do good works. Then he's head of the ushers. Then he's part of the greeter team. Like, this is Philip. Didn't talk to anybody. And he's like... He grabbed it. Also, he's like, I am created for good works. What else do you want me to do, Lord? And he had just, it was quickened to him that God didn't want him just be saved occupying space. God had good works for him to do, and he just grabbed it and started doing it and doing it and doing it. Pretty soon, he's in like six or seven ministries, you know, volunteer of the year, all right? It quickens in you. And there's something for us to grab a hold of this that. These, these promises that are there, that God will give his children rest, that perfect love casts out all fear. If you're held by fear, perfect love casts out all fear. And all of a sudden you grab hold of that. You're more than a conqueror. You see that if you give, that God will take care of you, that whatever you give here, God will give you a reward in heaven. And all of a sudden it's quickened to you. You understand that he owns it all. And all of a sudden, boom, you're doing that. There's promises that are there in his word. And I'm talking to the church now saying, what are we waiting for? Come on, rise up and grab these things and live to the promises that God has for you. Now, why didn't they grab them? I think that the children of Israel got lazy. I think they got a little and got lazy. And if I could say this to the church, don't get a little and get lazy. Get a little and get hungrier for more. Really. I mean, I think they get lazy and they're like, well, you know, and, and, and God's telling them like, everywhere you go to walk, go. I mean, Joshua should have had, like, jogging teams with him. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Joshua, come on, you're with our tribe now. We're going to take more territory. We want you to run and walk with us. We need to expand. We want an addition onto our territory. So come on and walk. And instead, they're just like, hey, we got a little. Let's settle. Let's settle. And as I was reading the word of God, I I discovered a spot where it says, you know, that God gave an, a promise to someone that he even was laying down. But I want you to understand this. In Genesis 28:13, the Lord's uh, talking to Jacob. He says, "'There above stood the Lord, and he said, "'I'm the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, the God of Isaac, "'and I give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying.'" So here he is talking to him, and he says, I'm going to give you the promise. So here's what I would tell you to do. If you're going to do this and you just want to be lazy, I would tell you just take your Bible, put it on down, and let's have a little. I am laying on the promises of God. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm, they're mine. I would get a big Bible, though, all right? I would just say. All right, that doesn't work, by the way. It doesn't work if you just lay on them, all right? But the point was, he's saying, wherever you are, again, he's saying, you're there, get the promise. Get the promise. I believe this. God loves aggressive, promise-grabbing children. I believe that. That's what I believe. I believe he loves that, and he wants us to grab hold of the promises. Another reason we don't go after God's promises, part of it is we're lazy. Part of it is we just remote control. How many know the promises of God are not on TV for the most part? There might be a channel or two. You're not going to get them that way with the remote control. I'm working on my promise thumb, you know. There's no promise thumb, all right. But besides being lazy, here's another reason why you don't grab the promises of God. We think God keeps promises like we keep promises. God does not keep promises like you and I keep promises. If it's in here, you can bank on it. If it's in here, you can believe it. If it's in here, you can trust it. His promises are truly true. God's promises are truly true. I mean, all throughout the word of God, it's saying he's not like you. He doesn't keep promises like you and I. And we've all seen a scenario like this where it's like, but, Dad, you promised. You promised. And Dad's going, I know it. what happened is at work, and then I couldn't, and then, and then. How many know there's a lot of things beyond your control? And you make promises with good intentions, and you don't always keep them. But God doesn't go, oh, I was going to make that – If things came up and then I got, you know, stopped and I couldn't make it. God doesn't keep promises like that. He guarantees his promises. And he guarantees them by himself. He's like, you want to know why the promise is good? Because I'm good. You want to know? I can guarantee the promise. You don't need a guarantee on the box. I am your guarantee. I am the one that will keep the promise. I love what the Apostle Paul says about God keeping his promises. And by the way, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul is kind of getting a little heat from the church because he didn't do exactly what he said. And they're like, hey. And he's like, hey, 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 hey. I want you to understand, even if I can't come through with all that I'm saying because I don't control everything, I want you to understand this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20, he says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken for us by us to the glory of God. And I want to let you know that Paul uses a Greek term and a Hebrew term. He's like, in Greek and in Hebrew, God's promises are yes and amen. And if I could add to that, his, uh, his promises are yes, si, da, we, oui, we. Oui. They're real. They're yes. All right? You can bank on the promises of God. And so stop thinking that God's going to let you down if your parents let you down God is going to be true to his promises. And so when you read it, start praying, Lord, Holy Spirit, quicken these things to me. Let it jump out to me. Let me realize how I'm more than a conqueror. Let me realize this, how how you're going to take care of every need. Let me realize the promises that you have for me. I want them to be quickened in me, and I want to jump into these. I love what Romans 4, again, speaking about our guy, Abraham, who originally got the promise from God. Remember, it goes Abraham, Moses, Uh, Joshua. Our guy Abraham, this is what Romans 4 says about Abraham. And I love the way the message translation says it. That's why I use this. It says, Abraham, because remember, Abraham's been promised to have a baby and be father of many nations. It says, Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say, it's hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child, nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise, asking cautiously skeptical questions. How many know sometimes you see questions like, God, is that really real? Will you never forsake me, leave me? Come on, does that, does that mean even in Africa? Does that mean I can go on a global team and get called to God? Does that, he, didn't, he said he didn't tiptoe around them. It says he plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he had said. That's why it said Abraham was declared fit before God by trusting God to set him right. We should be able to look at God's promises, and when God quickens a promise, when you read that promise, you grab it and you're like, okay. I'm not tiptoeing around this baby. I'm jumping into the promise of God. I'm grabbing the promise of God, and I'm going to trust him that he's able to do whatever he says he knows my situation. Now, I want to help you with a couple things on how to grab um, the promises, and I want to tell you this. Every promise comes with a different battle, okay? Let me illustrate this for you. You may not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And again, I'd ask that you'd give your life to Jesus at the end of the service with our prayer teams. You may not know Jesus. And here's the you gotta grab that promise that he will forgive you. That if you call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved, and he'll forgive you of your sins. And so that promise is there. And here's what happens: not you, not you. You can't get that. And you gotta overcome that that attack from the enemy that says, he would never forgive a person like you. You've done too many wrong things. And that promise is there. And when you overcome that challenge, that struggle, you grab that promise and it becomes yours. All of a sudden it says, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And he says, you know what? I want you to step out and start tithing. Matter of fact, I want you to go above and beyond that. I want you to do this. And you say, God, we're going to starve to death. We're going to starve to death. And, And there's the challenge. And each promise has a struggle with it. You say that by his stripes are healed, and then the devil yells, not your disease, not, there's no known cases of that one. Not your, every promise has a struggle. I'm more than a conqueror. Not me, Lord. I'm like a defeated person. I barely can get up in the morning. I can hardly get out of bed. I'm so defeated. And God's like, you are more than a conqueror. See, see what I'm saying? Every promise that's there has a unique struggle attached to it, and you've got to fight through it. And once you fight through it, how many know once you fight through it, then you got it? Then you got it. You're like, okay, I got that one. And the devil has to go to a new attack for you, and then you find a promise, and the devil tries to throw it. But how many know, after a while, you start getting good at accepting promises, and you're like, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. All right, what's next? And you're like, you're going, you're signing up for a speed reading course. How many know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm going to read as much as I can. I'm going to find them all, you know. That just sounded like Pokemon for a moment. Find them all. You know, anyway. Some tips on how to get a hold of these promises. Number one, read the Word of God. That's where they are. The promises of God are in the Word of God. And so as you read the Bible, you will start to find the promises of God and ask the Holy Spirit, make them real to me. Get to where the promises are, and the promises are in the Word of God when you see that you're created for good works, when you see that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, when you see that there's no temptation that can take you down but God, because God has made a way of escape, you start grabbing those promises. You're like, that's right. God always makes an escape. And anytime I'm faced with the temptation, I grab hold of that promise that he will make a way of escape. You can meditate on the promises of God. When was the last time you just chewed on a promise and were like, Lord, I'm more than a conqueror. What does that mean? I want to grab this promise. I want you to make that real to me. I'm going to just think about this until you give it to me, until I realize it. I'm more than a conqueror. What in the world does that mean that I am more than a conqueror through you, Jesus? What does that mean? And you meditate on the promises of God. You focus on how great God is. How many know that the more you focus on how amazing and how great God is, the more the promises of God become real to you? I would tell you this, the more you're in church, the more you're in worship, the more you're in life groups, the more you're around people that are focusing on the greatness of God, the more you will grab hold of the promises. Some of you are like, well, I don't have a lot of promises. And a lot of people are very inactive in their faith and need you to get in there. What are you waiting for? Get in this and start getting around it so you can get more promises on your life. You could sing the songs of greatness. Even in our worship set I'm not sure what it was at all of our campuses, but the worship set that was here, it was like we were singing about faith and standing, and I could do this, and the promises of God. And I couldn't help but grab an old, old hymn, Standing on the Promises of God. I remember that song, and it goes, standing, standing. I mean, you just that's old school. That's old school. It's hymn 161. Standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages, let his praises ring. Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail. By the living word of God, I shall prevail. Standing on the promises of God. We need to revive this one. Man, standing on the promises I cannot fail listening every moment to the Spirit's call, resting in my Savior as my all in all, standing on the promises of God. And you start realizing that I'm standing on the promises of God. That's what I'm, it's not on me. If I had to stand on me, I would live in fear. But I get to stand on the promises of God. I'm going to sing it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to focus on how great God is. I'm going to thank God for the promises I've already grabbed. How many know all of a sudden you grab them and you're like, I'm, Thank you, God, for that one. I got that one. I thank you that that's mine. And you thank him for that. And how many know the more you thank God, the more inclined he is to, like, reveal another one and make it real to you? Yeah, yeah. I know the more people, you know, my kids, like, thanks, Dad, thanks, Dad. You know, when I get, you get thanked, you're like, want to do more. Thank God for the ones that you've grabbed. Look at the examples in the Bible of people that grab promises. Look at Abraham. That guy grabbed the promise. Look at others, and look at your mentors and people in your life groups, and say to them, "How did you grab that promise?" Hopefully, they did. Man, if you've been walking the Lord for twenty years and you've not grabbed dozens and hun- dozens and hundreds, let's call it. Come on, you better get going. You better get going. Let's grab these promises. Maybe you talk to that mentor. How do you grab them? I want to grab them. We are grabbing the promises of God, and I'm calling our church to get up and walk and get out there and get them. Go after them be hungry for the promises of God and say, God, if it's in there, if it's for me, I wanna grab it, I wanna understand it, I wanna realize it, I don't want to just a little nibble of it, I wanna grab your promises. So Lord, I pray right now for our church, for an aggressive, hungry nature. We will grab the promises of God. We will not nibble around the edge, we will not be happy with just a little bit. We want all that you have for us and I pray that we'd grab the promises of God. Help us to live that way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.